Welcome back to the MBH Podcast, Money Buys Happiness, Miami Buys Happiness, Season 7. We're coming on to the end, eh? Coming on to the... We're coming on to the... We're coming, <laughs> wow. wow. Sorry, let me just get my... Uh, I don't even think my I linguistics going over here. We're coming on to the end. We're coming on to the end here, guys. No, we're coming up to the end. We're coming up to the end. We're coming up to the end here. It's been a good rodeo so far. <laughs> it's been one of our best rodeos. I will. I will say this has been a really fun situation. Um, Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. To our lovely, almost thirty thousand subscribers. Shout out! I know how all almost thirty thousand of you. For being here today. We're so close. For being here today. <laughs> In the room with us here today. I got my shirt from Kane Wave, if anyone's asking. <laughs> I did a Zara haul. You know you all, all those Zara hauls you're seeing on, on IG? Yeah, I see a few of them. I'm going to start doing my own Zara hauls. L- comment below if you guys would like to see that because... Uh, There's going to be zero comments about that. I'm just going to... No one's going to comment. Don't, even, don't even comment on it. All right, guys, listen. You already you know the fucking deal. It's me and Ernesto today. Host episode. The guests stopped showing up, so... Yeah, we're not even gonna book guests anymore. Apparently, yeah, guests don't want to come on anymore. I don't know what happened. Um, just kidding. But yeah, it's just us today. We're just gonna shoot the shit. Um, I got a bunch of topics and questions yeah, from yours truly. Yeah, we got a lot of. Uh, I got a lot as well. A lot of like people wanting to know our backgrounds and shit on mine. I don't know about. I don't know about the questions oh, for you. Yeah, but people wanting to know how things happened, how things started. Um, so yeah, I think that's gonna the route we're gonna take. Usually, when we get into a topic, we go on a little bit of a tangent. But uh, so so, yeah. we we were both in nightlife before. Okay, is that we want to go? Let's I just want to go there for a sec. Yeah, let's go there. Let's go all the way. Um, and why? Why we were? If anyone's wondering, we both come from a nightlife background. Yes. Regarding that, we were just nightlife hosts, so we would just host clubs, host bars, host events, um, and get people out there, sell tables, sell tickets, drink ridiculously, drink ridiculous amounts of liquor. Yeah. Um, but it was really fun, and and we got to network <laughs> a lot, um, and learn a lot, and um, see see many people in the city and how they how they move and shake. A lot of the venue owners. A lot of brands, a lot of big sponsorships and stuff like that. So it was cool to to engage in that. Obviously, that helped us where we are now. Um, but how did you start off in nightlife? I don't even think I've that's ever a, asked you. That's a great question. Um, okay, originally, I started pretty young. Well, okay, here's the thing. I was like, I was that kid who was like going out, like fake ID with a fake ID, like 15, 16 years old. I think those were like my first clubs using my cousin's fake ID. Damn. So I was like, I was already in it pretty early. Like way earlier than I probably should have been, but uh, I got into nightlife um, while I was working at uh, TD. Actually, funny enough, we we're just talking it's a about double TD. grind. It was um, yeah, I was working at TD uh, straight out of high school. I didn't go to post secondary, so I didn't go to college university. Uh, my mom was like, "Yeah, if you're not going to school, get a fucking job." So classic. So she actually <laughs> she actually went to the bank one day and was like. Hey, my son needs a job. <laughs> I'm like, holy I love fuck. that. And yeah, anyways, that happened. I go, I ended up working there. I worked there for two years, but or just under. But uh, in the middle of doing that, like, I was always hustling. I was always selling shit. And at that time, a lot of my friends were like heavy, like uh, rave goers. You know, okay. Bell, Digital Dreams, Bro Avicii's coming to fucking, the, you know, whatever Rogers Center, this and that. Yeah. And so I was always the guy where I was like, okay, whatever my friends are doing, like. 
if I can somehow make money off of the things they like to do, I'm going to figure it out. So, you know, if at the beginning I was smoking weed, I was selling weed in high school. Then it was, you know, this and I was selling that. Then it was this and I was selling that. So for, you know, some people needed crack. Some people needed crack. I was selling crack heroin. Whatever you needed, I could have got it. No, I was never, I never went that deep. But, um, but yeah, so I was like, fuck, all my friends love to go to these raves. If there's a way I can like purchase tickets in bulk and then sell it to them mm-hmm. for a little bit more, I'm going to do it. And so that I ended up finding my way into that, and I started doing that. Um, and then naturally, like, if you're selling tickets to, like, these types of events, now you're slowly getting into that nightlife scene, right? Mm-hmm. After parties for the raves, we're at this club, or at that club, whatever. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of just a natural transition from, like, hey, I can sell you, like, tickets to this massive music festival to, like, hey, do you want to, if you need a, you know, uh, a booth or whatever at this club you need to get in like i can help you so it was kind of like a natural progression there i had a company called um hard ticket events hard ticket events <laughs> it was just straight to the point you know it was what you needed i had it for you hard ticket events it was good no explanation needed yeah so that was that was kind of my progression into it um i had a business partner at the time in that alejandro shout out ale he uh he was more of the face of that business i wasn't necessarily too indulged in it at the beginning um but then i started realizing like you know the the networking aspect of like promoting meeting all these different people i was like fuck i probably should get a little more into it and then uh yeah as time went on 20, 2018 2019 i started getting more like actually into like really promoting like to that extent so yeah that's a very like super summarized version of how i got into it but uh but yeah how the fuck did you get into it I don't think I ever asked you. I don't think I ever asked me. <laughs> like, when did you start promoting? <laughs> like, well, I came back. Uh, I was I was the same way. I was going out earlier, like in high school and shit, fake ID, all that kind of shit. Yeah. Whatever, going to the big big box clubs, you know, yeah, yeah, classic. all ages, shit like that. Yeah. Um, I think when I came back, uh, from the states, when I was playing soccer there, mm. um, and a little bit before that, I don't know. I just I I, I think I started by just wanting to um be that guy that that people came to because okay. i realized like no one my age group was really into it in a serious way right so i was like yo honestly like it's about to be the next five six years that everyone wants to go out yeah and um i was just the type of guy that i liked having some sort of power like that mm. you know yeah like you know some They're sort of the adv- power eh? some sort of advantage over others like it was crazy like that's what i yeah. seen it as right like yeah. it's like i can help you with this that person can't or true right yeah okay so you would have to come to me you have no choice um and i like the tension yeah i still do yeah have a fucking podcast <laughs> <laughs> love it no we but i like I, I like the attention too like you go to the club and and people are asking for you people are wanting to be with you people are wanting to be around you i mm-hmm. i like that yeah um and i think that came from uh that came from footy like okay. being that social kind of aspect to it like always being around a team um you know like building a team i would always like on my soccer teams try and find new players to bring to my team yeah, you were telling me about that. You were doing like there's one team, one, one like, team. Out, like there was one team I was on. I literally built the whole team. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so like I liked I liked bringing people together okay. for like a common goal to get fucked up. To get fucked. <laughs> this was to get fucked up, obviously, right? Um, but yeah, I think it was. Um, not many people were doing it, and I saw an advantage there. And I and 
I didn't know how many people I was about to meet, but I was just like, yo, okay, I can make money. I can go party, which I'm already going to do. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can bring my friends around, bring girls around and, and they're going to be fucking impressed with me. Mm. Like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's when I started. I started probably when I was like 19. Okay. But at what, at what point did it get like serious where you're like, okay, because by the time that we like, well, I think we always knew of each other to some extent, mm-hmm. but I think by the time that we actually started maybe collaborating or working together on whatever extent like when i when we when by that time you were like very serious like in my eyes you didn't go out unless unless you went out with you straight up like yeah sure no like listen no disrespect to the rest of the promoters in toronto but like you were really killing the game at that but like i want to say 2018 yeah was when like we kind of started collaborating and you were like like it was like fuck everybody knew you i would go i went out with you like first couple times and it's just like we'd walk down the street and every fucking five steps it was like yeah yo ernesto yo ernesto yo yeah. ernesto i'm like it's a lot bro it's a lot holy man. Like, that, that kind of shit is a lot right but when did it get to that point like when did it get to that point? i think me and you have a different start in the promoting game whereas i was under a bunch of teams first Yes. Okay. Right. Like I never I, did that. You never did that, right? No. And I, I worked under promoters like for the first maybe two, three years, four years maybe. Okay. And uh, I got to see like how they moved and mm-hmm. and the kind of money they were making, and like what they really had to do, right? Yeah. And like, um, I started feeling like I could be in their position and just be like, okay, a promoter on my own, yeah. and just have my own company, whatever, work through me. And I think after I did that, um, I started taking it more seriously. Because okay. like the whole bag was mine now, yeah. <laughs> right? Changed everything. Changed everything, and then and then from there, yeah. I, I mean, I would put my fucking heart and soul into it, dude. Like you know what I mean? Yes. Like it's it was only going out. I mean, two times a week, but throughout the week, like that's when a promoter is doing the damage, right? That's where they're massaging relationships. That's where they're making new relationships, going to meet with people, going to visit stores that that maybe the owners come to, come out uh, come out with you at um, restaurants, you know, showing them love. I think I saw the power behind network very early. Okay. And then that just made me want to like go so much harder and meet as many people as possible because I didn't know what I would use this network for. Well, that, that was, that's what I was going to say next. But yeah. Okay. You, you never really like unless you ha- like you're super, um, super ahead of the game and you can you can plan for the future like that. But when you're 21, 22, 23, you're not really thinking like, oh, my God, this fucking massive network. Look how many people know me. What am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You're, I'm not thinking that. You're just thinking to keep growing it. I'm just like, okay, to keep growing. I'm like, I know this is a good thing that this many people know me. Yeah. You know, like that's, yeah, yeah. 100%. That was the main kind of like concept behind it all. Like, okay, this is good that this many people know me. This is good. Mm. So I'm like, how can I keep this going? And at the time, it was just nightlife, right? The more nightlife I can, I can uh, kind of offer to people the, the different experiences, right? Like then we started doing some more events, yeah. day parties, Halloween yeah. parties, St. Patrick's Day parties. So, we tried to do everything just to kind of capture everyone's attention all the time. Right. And then kind of bringing social media in, in there. Yeah. Now this thing came in and you're like, no, but now I, I don't have to do all this legwork. Mm-hmm. I could just focus online Yeah. where the attention is actually easier to capture and easier to maintain. Yeah. And that's where I think, I think that's when, that's when stuff started happening really fast when I started using the social I was going to say that that's for like from an outside looking in, that's where it looked like things really took off. Cause then, yeah, like not only were you using social media to help your promo business, mm-hmm. 
but you were like taking it to the next level and it was really pushing your brand like you as a person and so and, ernesto and yeah it became like it wasn't like ernesto the promoter it became like ernesto like almost like i remember i think i said this to you like early on when we started working together more closely it wasn't like ernesto the promoter it was like ernesto the guy that just anyone calls for anything yeah like, yeah at that literally point it became it ernesto just, and it was just like whatever right yeah. just call ernesto or something <laughs> yeah like, like that. yo do you need like you need tires for your car like call ernesto because he probably know he could probably connect you to a guy who could get you that and or you yeah i want to make a point behind that though because no matter what industry you're in like if you can help people in a very consistent way right so like by that i mean like okay let's say you hit me up friday and you're like yo ernesto i'm coming out tonight so my boys can you take care of us no problem done yeah okay but then you message me during the week saying your girlfriend wants to go out with her friends at a restaurant Mm. which at the time it's like why are you gonna ask me about a restaurant i'm just clubs right there yeah and you and you don't necessarily make money and i don't make money off restaurants or anything or just sending them bookings right but what do i do then message some owners i know spend let's say 20 30 minutes make yeah. sure it's done yeah but i think so i think that's the part where people kind of uh disengage from they're just like okay he came out with me friday night good i'll need to talk to this guy until he comes back to come out again another friday from now or, or two yeah. fridays from now and three so whatever that's done mm-hmm. but i kept my doors open yeah like you know what i mean so someone can message me for anything really and i would actually do it at all times but but but, it, but it's even like okay the the point you made of like club okay fine you make money off it i'll help this guy out no problem oh and then his girlfriend needs a a rezzo at this restaurant you don't make any money you still did it yeah but i'm saying like you were going out of your way it wasn't even like hospitality bro i think it was anything it's like yo you know a guy who can fucking get me these shoes a guy who can wrap my car or a guy who can do this and like i want to take that for a second and like expand on that because i think this is for anybody like look how like look how important just making that connection for someone was for your brand and potentially your business, right? If 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 I was a nobody, I didn't know you or, you know, whatever, I came out with you one Friday, I hit you up, I'm like, yo, Ernesto, I'm looking for this specific, I need plants for my fucking backyard. Everyone tells me you're the guy that can connect me with anybody. And you're like, yeah, no problem, let me figure it out. Boom, you make that connection. Like, now I'm buying anything that you're selling forever. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And so I think that that's, and that's why I'm trying to say to anybody, like, if you're listening to this, it's outside of promoting whatever, it's any business you have. Like, if someone, if you can help someone out and it's literally just connecting them with someone else that you know, right? They need something, you're able to connect them with someone who can help them with that. Like, you're you're earning their trust, you're gaining their business almost forever. When the moment comes that they need something from your specific business, they're coming to you because you made, like, you made that simple fucking iMessage group two seconds or vice versa now if you need something from them they're gonna hook you up hey bro uh, i know you fucking you sell backpacks bro my kid's going back to school i need some backpacks whatever like yeah i got you you know what i mean it's just it's always like a it's a it's a revolving door like you help people and it comes back right but the 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 making the connection aspect is so important right so yeah that's that's where the like for me that's where the fulfillment came yeah you know like okay let's say you hit me up and you're like, yo, I need my car wrapped. Let's use that one. Yeah. Right. And now for me to connect you with the person I know that's wrapping cars, I get my fulfillment knowing, wow, these people can really hit it off, build their own relationship. Yeah. And that'll be because of me. And they're, and, but they'll always remember that. (laughs) Yes. Right. Like God forbid they build this amazing connection. Who knows? Maybe they become business partners. Maybe he buys 20 wraps off him, whatever. So, and then besides, and then always comes back to you. Exactly. And then besides that, 
you're giving value to two different people. True, because you're bringing him business and you're and you're giving him the connect. Right. So it's mm. like there's there's so much winning happening in that one moment. Yeah. Where um the fulfillment is literally making the connection itself, right? Yeah. Because, and, and don't ask for people for anything in return. Like that's, that's not the whole point of it. You know what I mean? If people are going to come to you and ask you for a favor, that means they trust you enough to be like, yo, this, he, he might take care of it for me. He might do this for me without asking me for anything in return. But that's, and there, and I've done, and I just kept doing that, a domino effect. Yeah. To the point where people felt like they owed me like their something, their presence, yeah. their attention. They yeah, 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 they felt yeah, like yeah. they owed me something, right? Which yeah. which they don't. Yeah. But that's the feeling people get when when you constantly help them like that. Now I don't ask for any anything in return from anyone. No, not that right? I've seen. Like not we that started neighborhood. That's when we finally started charging people for stuff. Yeah. But I other think, than that, I was just during the week relationship building, and then on the weekends, like activating it. Okay, I think that was. A, I know we spoke about it briefly on a past episode. I don't remember which, but that was a question that we got. Like Ooh. someone was like, "Yo, can you go into like actual detail of like how the agency started?" Yeah, and I think that's a good question. I think a lot of people want to understand because, man, I talk to guys who like even till this day, like it's crazy. A good friend of mine, good friend of ours, I won't name him, but he's like, "Bro, you know how many people still to this day hit me up and are like." What, like what is neighborhood and like how do you guys make money mm-hmm. like like he he word for word what he said to me was a lot of people still ask me like do you guys make money okay well i mean look at us i, I i'm not gonna say it. <laughs> you know what i mean i, I don't want i'm gonna try well, and keep it humble but like look at us you know what i mean of course of us. course we're making some type of money i'm not saying we're, we're billionaires but we're making decent money okay we're living so that's to answer that whoever that was that's the question but how we started mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, okay, it kind of bounces off what we're talking about. So when me and Ernesto started collaborating on more promoting shit, I won't get too deep into that. We were obviously spending a lot of time together. You had a little office um, that I would pull up to and we would just prep and plan for these parties, think about, you know, cool shit that we wanted to do. And I think initially that was our goal. It was like, yeah, we're going to just like keep throwing these crazy banger parties, maybe do a festival one day. Like that was the initial plan, I think. Um, but very like day to day. because We were like, so good at it. We were good at it, but you know like, I mean? yeah, but I think it was, when I say, when I say that, that plan was very day to day was because that life is just fucked. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in the promoting world. Right. So yeah. that was that. Um, but yeah. And in, in between that, you know, you were doing a lot of like photo shoots for like brands and shit. Brands would hit you up, send you shit. And then you would connect with a, with a photographer. You'd shoot content for them. You know, you'd post it on yours. They'd post it, whatever. So I saw a lot of that happening. Um, and then, yeah, like just people hitting you up, asking you for certain things when it came to like, let's say marketing, like, yo, you know, someone who can do graphics for this, do this for that, do that for this, you know, on a marketing scale. And, uh, yeah, I was literally just like, yo, Ernesto, like, are you charging? <laughs> I was like, bro, are you charging people for this? Like making these connects, right? Cause it, it, basically what he's saying now, like it was more narrowed in on marketing, but it was like, yo, I need a photographer for an event. I need a photographer for a photo shoot, videographer, this, that. And Ernesto was just like, yeah, I got you. And then he would just connect the guy to the, for the to the photographer. And then it, that was just a clean connection and there was no money being made. And that's where me, greedy fuck, I come in and I'm like, bro, are you, <laughs> are you making money off this? <laughs> and he's like, nah, bro, I'm just doing it to, you know, because like I know like one day like I can, you know, I'm going to ask them for a favor or, you know, they're going to come out with me and that's technically money to some extent. And I was like, dude, like I hear you, but like you're you're doing it too often for it to just be like favors at this point yeah. it's every day so yeah i think we're just like i was just like dude i think we gotta turn this into like a, a fucking business and he's like okay like i'm down let's do it 
but bro, we got to call my sister <laughs> because she's going to like be able to help us structure this out more. So at the time, Ernesto's sister, our partner in neighborhood, Anna. Shout out Anna. Shout out Anna, legend. Keeps the fucking, keeps the bus moving. Keeps the wheels going. Keep the wheels turning. She, uh, she was in Italy at the time, living there. We called her up. Joanna, what's good? Got Anthony, got Anthony over here. Never met him. He's going to be our partner in this business. I'm like, oh, what's up? <laughs> nice to meet you over the fucking phone. Um, and we got to work on it from that point. It took us a little bit to, we kind of wanted to come up with a name that made sense for what we were doing, um, but also didn't lock us into marketing forever. So I, I came up with the name Neighborhood. Ernesto and Anna loved it. Uh, so we rolled through with that Neighborhood Creative. And uh, and then it was a month of just, a month, sorry, about almost a year yeah. of me and this guy still promoting, but like in his basement, just like really trying to figure out what our business plan was, which like you can only plan so much and at some point you got to act. Yeah. We spent a lot of time planning, probably too much, but you know, it's a lesson we were learning. I think it's because we were about to offer something very new to people that people weren't really expecting from us. Yeah, I think so we, we wanted really, to make sure we nailed it, you yes, know? Yes, exactly. And so we did. And, and so we did a lot of planning. Um, and then in that planning, we were like, listen, for people to take us seriously, like we need like an office. Yep. I don't know why that was the thing, but it ended up being a great move. But at the time, we're like, yeah, we need an office. So we spent like eight months of that year period planning, like looking for offices and shit. Like, oh, man, almost like taking on like $10,000 leases a month, crazy, like just crazy, crazy month, shit. Yeah. Thank God we, we didn't, we landed on our, on our first ever office, uh, which is in the same building that we're in now, but just a couple floors up. And, uh, we took that lease on, it was like just under $5,000, I think a month. We took that on with zero clients, zero clients, yeah. <laughs> uh, like zero marketing clients. And we were like, okay, until we get the, the ball rolling with this marketing agency, we're going to just keep promoting to pay the bills. But then when it came to actually the marketing stuff, uh, we know we knew a couple services we wanted to offer. And in that in that year of planning, we did prep out, prep out, wow. We did prep certain things to make sure that when we launched, we could actually offer these services. We weren't just going to be like, hey, we can do your website, but then actually have no clue how to do it. Yeah. So we prepped that side of things. And, uh, and what we, you know, we launched, we just <laughs> launched basically was we had a website and we did this like little, I got this little animation done mm -hmm. for us and we just posted online and said, now we're offering, you know, these services and this is our new business. And, um, maybe you can talk on like getting our first couple of clients and how we did that. Yeah. I mean, um, whenever you're kind of rebranding yourself, um, it's tough. It's difficult, you know, yeah. because uh, we were just talking about our backgrounds and where we came from in events and nightlife. Um, and you have to remember, like, maybe not so much you, but when I was going out, I was like posting everything, you know, on my story. I started yeah, after, but yeah. After, yeah. But you know what I mean? So people had known me as this party guy, <laughs> yeah. this and that. Like, this guy just goes out. This guy just fucking, you know, drinks and this, whatever. He's all fucked. He's all bro. fucked up. What does this guy know? Whatever. He's good. He's a good guy. Like yeah. we love him, yeah. but in a professional setting, maybe not. Yeah, like I don't know if he's a guy I'm going to trust. Exactly, right? So I think that that was the most difficult part when we're sitting down with people because um, social media is is a fairly new service and it was at the time as well. And um, we had to convince people the importance behind social media. That was crazy. Yeah. So I want to touch on that really quickly before you continue. At the beginning of our business, when we were trying to pitch clients, and a lot of it was like restaurants 
and uh, and construction companies and things of those types of natures, very like old school businesses. We had to like, it was crazy. We had to try and convince them that they needed a social media profile for their business. Like how crazy is that? You don't have to do that anymore. No, no. The days of that is long gone, but we literally spent, you know, an hour, an hour and a half pitching a client and 80% of it wasn't even like, this is what we're going to do for you. It was like, explaining to them why they needed a social media page, mm-hmm. why they needed an Instagram, and why I, a restaurant I, needed an Instagram. I think um, crazy. I think we were so confident when we did that because we we were doing social media for our personal brands. Yeah. And we we know what works. And we had the, something to show for it. We had something bit. to show for it, but we also had our own little recipe that we knew if we put into play, this can actually help them. Yes. You know, like we were actually confident with that. Well, that was the beauty because... We weren't selling like we weren't at the we weren't a bank teller trying to sell RSPs like yeah. <laughs> th- something that they didn't believe in. We were selling a service, and you know amongst all our services, our one of our main ones is social media, and we were selling that service specifically, knowing that like it was really going to do good for for the client. Like they were yeah. really going to see a boost in business, a boost in their brand, things like that. So it wasn't hard. It wasn't a hard sell for us on that. And we were very confident going into it, I think. Yeah, I think, I think, I think doing that convincing and explaining, um, that was, that was probably the hardest, the hardest thing to do at the beginning. Um, and remember, like it, it was hard because we didn't just say, okay, we're promoters and now that's done. And now we're into marketing. Like we were still promoting while we were trying to sell these clients. And all those things were still on our social media. Exactly. Right. So like you're going out, you're getting crazy that night. <laughs> and then the next day you're on the phone trying to sell them on, on a social media retainer. Right. Yeah, or, when or they just your, saw what you did. they're in your office and you're all fucking hungover. You so I, I think them. that's, that's the hardest part, but listen, it's a grind. It's a grind for a reason, you know, and we knew that it was going to be tough to kind of, um, portray ourselves as now business owners instead of, let's say promoters or event organizers, um, but we did it anyways. And, and I think that was, for me, I loved that. I loved seeing people's, um, change in opinion on you, just us in general, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think neighborhood in general. Um, but I think, I think a big, a big piece of that too was and, and like what you're saying for us to make the transition. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, you want to make the transition from one business to the next and one industry to the next, what we really found helpful was using our personal brands mm-hmm. so although yes we were in a position where we still had to continue posting the promoting shit because that was paying our bills every other thing we were posting was like very marketing related very like personal brand like we're doing this we're doing that whatever like very professional so we were using our personal brands to help people start to see us in a new light yes very professional like yes. we can help your business and but like and and i want to go deeper there like it's okay that we were out at night, let's say, posting some fucking bottles, posting a fucking a DJ, shots, whatever, yeah. because um, the next day we're showing that we're at a client meeting or we're showing that we're in the office shooting some content for someone or... Um, you know, at like 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Exactly, like, right, or showcasing our network. I think when you start a business, any business, you really have to understand um, your strengths and your weaknesses and your competitors, Right. And I think that if you can understand those three things um, and be humble about it, like and, and not have an ego with it, um, you'll realize the steps you need to take. Right. And like we didn't start off with a lot of money. We, we were one of these companies that raised 30 million and then started the company. We didn't do that. <laughs> we started right? with zero dollars. We started with zero dollars. We started with zero 
probably experienced, let's say, in the in in, in the marketing realm, as people would say. I think Zero. we have experience because we marketed events and we mar- marketed nightlife, right? But at the same time, people don't all see eye to eye with that, right? Yeah. Like, so zero money, zero zero quote unquote marketing experience from yeah. a from a business or professional standpoint. Yeah, but but the thing was, we understood people. Yes. Right. So what we did is we we focused on marketing neighborhood as an agency. Right. We looked at our competitors. We said none of them are marketing themselves. Yeah. Which was because they're too busy marketing their clients. We always found that crazy. Yeah. That was one thing. And then we said, okay, no matter what, we'll just keep marketing ourselves just to be different from them at least. Yeah. Um, And then our network, Mm -hmm. that was a strength. Huge. So we showed it off as much as we could. Right. We did stuff like Real Talk, which was like these series where we bring um, influential people on and we just have like an interview type of yeah, process. If you go to the neighborhood at neighborhoodcreative.co, our Instagram, you just scroll all the way down. You'll see some of like the early shit we did. So yeah, a lot, of, co- no lot of content like yeah. that, showcasing like our culture, our office. The office was another thing that was a strength for, for us, right? We were missing something to legitimize ourselves. We office. used that. And it was Boom. like, listen, it was like a cool fucking office. It was like exposed brick, high ceiling, like cool yeah like, and it was like something that people didn't really see in toronto we were able to snatch up this spot as soon as we saw it and so that was another big piece of like the, Huge. Le- the, the making us legit in this world i guess just just like continuously showing what we were doing yeah made us look bigger than we were right one thousand percent and then to help that right like we knew this as well we knew if we came out with a cool brand cool culture cool community and with the office with our events with the brands we worked with with the people we were just showing off yeah we're like hey look how cool we are yeah and in return people wanted to come work with us now yes people wanted to come work for us as well so if, if you're looking to start something where it's like because a lot of you out there have businesses where you're probably in a position to to get some interns get some internship help mm-hmm. right and people always they ask me especially they're just like hey like i'm at this stage in my business how can i get some help and i don't have uh seventy thousand dollars to give as a salary yeah right mm-hmm. if you portray yourself online and obviously match it in person but if you portray it online where um this company's cool to work at you provide value to your team um you give them opportunities to grow um you get to work with cool people in a casual environment People will come knocking on your door saying, hey, how can I come shadow you or how can I come intern with you? And then you take them on, train them, have them intern. If they work out, hire them. If well, not, the cool thing, and, and, and the cool thing about what you're saying is portraying all of these things about your business. It's very simple. It's all done through content. Everything we did, we 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 cry, we tried to create this cool brand and this cool culture for 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 our company by just creating cool content. That was it. Just creating cool content for the actual Instagram itself, but then also for our personal, our personal Instagram there and stuff, go. right? Just so it's it's like it's crazy. It's 2022, dude. If you don't realize that you know content can really change your life as a whole, your business as a whole, yeah, you're slacking. You know what I mean? Like again, we we like from for, you know from very early. I don't want to say day one, but from very early, we had people wanting to intern for us and work for us or whatever. No, I would say like us. five six months into the business, yeah, just because of the content. Yeah. Right. So that that was a big piece. Um, and then in terms of like getting our first clients, we just went to our network. Like we said, we went to restaurants we knew, people in hospitality or whatever, um, and just like tried to tell them like, hey, you, you you know your business could do better with this, this, and that. And a lot of the times it was like, yo, like some 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 of our earliest clients were like either paying us literally nothing, or we were working for free for a one two month to prove 
that they needed this service and then charge them after. So we ate shit essentially. Yeah, it was there was we just <laughs> we, we kept ate, taking risks. Right? We ate so. shit. We ate a ton of shit. Um, you know, to build it up and and it's just funny because we're always at this thing like for our business now, where it's like every year you know we we redo our our decks. So like our pricing decks and just figuring out like. You know, based on how much money we make, how much we pay employees, what we have to charge for certain services. And it's funny, we're always like scared to up prices because at the end of the day, our business is, uh, you know, this marketing agency is a business that helps other businesses grow. So we never really want to be in a part where we're trying to charge people too much money or whatever. But uh, but yeah, if you're start- if you're just in a startup position or still early on in your business, be honest with your pricing. You can't charge what the guy who's been around for 20 years is, is charging. Sometimes even eat shit. Do shit for free. Do shit to break even. Just to but but when you're doing shit, when you're doing shit for free, doing shit to break even, or you know, working for free or to any any of those types of things, you have to document it with content. Show that you're doing this work. No one knows that you're not making money off of it. No one knows that you're breaking even off it. No one knows that you're losing money doing it, which happened to us plenty of times. What they see is the product, the final product that you've created, right? Yeah. And so, like I said, tons of times we lost money, tons of times we broke even, tons of times we did things completely for free, but we just made sure that when we were doing those three, anything for those three things, we were always documenting it. And so that the final viewer, our potential clients were just seeing the product. They didn't know that we were losing money, but it showed that we knew what we were doing and it just, we continued to grow that portfolio and more clients obviously end up coming on their own, things like that. We've never, to this day, I'm very, I'm actually very proud of it. We never, we've never done a single dollar of outbound marketing. Nope. No sales ever for our agency. So I won't say our numbers, but based on our numbers, it's very, it's very, in my eyes, very impressive. So anyways, that's, that's a very like version of the fucking, well, where, I mean, how we started. Like, uh, when you at. look at, when you look at the documenting side, like yeah, let's say your company has 2000 followers. Yeah, or your personal brand, mm. and you go to let's say a fucking meeting at, uh, you go have a meeting to pitch, the juice the juice house on yeah. marketing. Okay, you go to juice house, and now you're there, and you don't document it. Yeah, would you rather those two thousand people know you had a meeting that day or not? Yeah, and for me, it's like I want them to know I had a fucking meeting. I want them to know I'm busy. I want them to know I'm working, so that when they keep seeing these meetings. It gets in their head that this guy is working hard. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I uh, like you said that. And and on top of that, when we say documenting, I'm not saying, bro, get a whole film crew no. and get the fucking cinema cameras, the red cameras, are filming everything. You have a fucking cell phone. You have Instagram. So you're going to a meeting. We'll use that as an example to the juice house to try and pitch them. When you're outside and their big sign is there on your fucking Insta story, snap a little pic. Meeting with at juice house today. Fuck, that's it. That's it. That's it. Literally that simple. And that's the documenting that we're talking about. So then it's every single day meeting with this person, meeting with that person, or even if it's not a meeting, it's fucking lunch at lunch at this spot today. You're always on the move and and potential clients just want to see like this guy or this girl, like she's always moving. He's always moving. He's always doing something like that. And then listen, you know, when, when one day you have meeting at this place and then lunch at this place, they might still think that the lunch at this place is a meeting, even though it's not. Yeah. And again, you're just using that to leverage like the 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 idea of I'm fucking busy, dude. Like you know what and, I mean? And, I'm a busy guy, I'm and a busy people, girl. People appreciate that journey, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you if you're showing, let's say, last month that um you were at the juice house having a meeting, right? And now the month after, let's say now you're at fucking Nike having a meeting. 
Yeah. You can see the growth. You could see yeah. like the growth there. Yeah. I'm not saying that's, the month probably, that's probably like, like five years, but like, yeah, that's a bigger gap, yeah. gap, right? But like people will notice that, especially when you're consistent. So, um, yeah, just doc, like if you didn't, if you didn't post it, it didn't happen to, to your audience's eyes. No, so that's, that, that's, that's what you have to remember, right? Like if you didn't post it, it didn't happen, which yeah. like, again, people would be like, bro, I hate that the world's like that. We'll stop crying about it and just start acting yeah, you, on you it. You can't use it to your advantage. It's, it's going to, it's, it is what it is, man. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, Okay, I got some questions. Yeah, yeah, shoot. Cool. Minor, minor, kind of crazy. So, what does your family think about this career you're pursuing? Great question. At T Purdy seventeen, my guy Purdy. Oh, I like that. My That's guy Purdy. Question. Are you asking me that? I'm gonna ask you. Yeah. What does my family think of my profession? Um, they're cool, man. My family's super supportive. Um, I think at the beginning they probably didn't really understand. Like, okay, they're promoting stuff. They understood what, it, what the fuck it was. And maybe, I don't know, never said anything. Maybe didn't love it, but still always supported me. Just knowing that this is like my entrepreneurial journey. But uh, with Neighborhood now, um, I think they finally understand what I do, um, which is cool. And they're super supportive of it. Um, I think like even my like even my dad's try to like toss me some clients and stuff like that. It's pretty jokes. Um, and then when it comes to the podcasting aspect of it, I don't know if they fully understand it. I know my dad has watched. Shout out out my dad. Shout out Tony. Shout out Uncle Tony. He's um, he's actually watched a couple episodes. Some of the some of the footy ones with some of our good friends because he's a huge TFC fan. But uh, they're supportive. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like they listen. Like what I would say when it comes to that is, your family may not understand it, especially if it's not like a very like old school type of job or or journey or business. But but they probably will support. It may be hard in the beginning when they don't, when they don't understand it. But if you stay consistent enough in it and grow with the business, then they will eventually under start learning to understand it and probably even support more. But my yeah my my fam's cool. My fam's cool with it. They get it. Yeah. They I mean look at the end of the day I think they see that I'm happy. So if they see I'm happy, like why why would they ever hate that regardless of like how much money I make or don't make? You know what I mean? Yeah. So how about you? Yeah. Same same way i mean like they they um i think my parents just trust me to make the right decision i think that's how they raised me you know yeah. and and um it's hard to explain what we do to like our parents sometimes yeah, right like especially is, at the is. beginning like what we were doing like yeah companies pay us to be on their social media right and they're just like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. like someone pays yeah. you to be on there and like you kind of the way i figured i had to do it was kind of show the wins to them that i knew they'd understand yes does that make yeah, sense? That so makes like sense, yeah. not so much, let's say, oh, mom, we just did a crazy interview today with so-and-so who we know is huge, but she's like, who the fuck is that? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but instead of that, maybe showing her like, I don't know, like um, uh, a big client that we just did work for, or like a testimonial from a client saying something that they, that they really, that they really liked about working with us or like, it's, 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 it's easier now with social media. Well, because I feel like my parents are now on socials. True. And then when they see me on socials, they understand. They kind of understand. And and my mom was always around me too when I was younger. And and she was like, she saw like the effect I had on people and people asking who where's Ernesto. And so she yeah. always knew I was doing something good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She maybe didn't understand it. Neither did my dad. But like I said, when I when you're starting to be able to do things like buy your own car, 
Pay for your own those, expenses. Yeah, those those are the wins in my right? eyes. Right, and that's what that's what they cared about. They're like, listen, at the end of the day, you can do whatever you think you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just make sure that you yeah. you you take care of yourself when it comes to money and finances. Now they helped with some stuff, obviously, of but course. you know, like I think that that's a main thing. Like if they see you making money, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, look, listen for like an I'll say an old school parent to understand anything. If they start seeing the money rolling in to some extent, they're like, okay. Yeah, something good is happening, or, or or tell them something that they might understand a bit more. Like, hey, like we actually hired someone on our team today. They yeah. can understand that. They can understand a team getting bigger. That means you're probably doing well. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to give them the nitty gritty of like, mom, we just got this influencer campaign for pa pa pa, and like yeah. this is how big the brand is. Like, you're yeah. not gonna get yeah, through. Yeah, you really, gotta right? hit them with like the more the more like. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta understand how to how to kind of like tell them what they'll what they'll understand. But yeah, they're 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 cool with it, man. And then now they see us now too. So. Yeah, I think that helps. And then, yeah, I mean, like, look, like, I think with a lot of, like, I'll say, I'll speak to the podcast more specifically, although it's not necessarily a career. I don't know what you'd call it, but it's, like, obviously, you know, we chop up the clips and we post them on our, some of them on our personal accounts. And some of them have been, especially over the last year, some pretty, let's say, controversial takes or whatever, very against the the mainstream vibe and uh, I think that was, pro- I wouldn't say that's like tough for my family, but I think like, you know, because they follow me specifically and then I know some of their friends do and I'm sure there were some like, you know, just some weird moments where it's like, you know, my dad's, let's say, hanging out with some of his buddies and they think a certain way and then, but they're seeing what I'm saying online and whatever. Um, I think at that point, it just comes down to like, I'm going to say like the most simple thing, like just not giving a fuck. No, you can't. You know, like I think when, when we decided to start this podcast and we knew, you know, that we may say things that people don't like, you know, from day one till now, um, it was always just like, well, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You know what I mean? And I think my, my family just respects that. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, okay, this, that's what this kid's doing, bro. And that's what he wants to do. And like, that's what he's going to do. I also just, I also just like, I don't want to say I never gave a fuck about like what literally anybody think. Like I do take my family's, you know, opinions and and thoughts of me, obviously at a way higher level than a stranger. But I've also just always had the mindset of like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And even if my my mom was like, this isn't right. Or my dad's like, it's probably not the best idea. I still did it anyways. And, And sometimes it was the best thing I ever did. And sometimes it was the worst thing I ever did, but it was, it was always in my eyes, like I'm going to learn this lesson on my own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. I hear your advice and I thank you for it. And maybe I'll use some of it to a certain extent, Yeah, yeah. but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And if I fuck up, like I just know I can't blame anybody else. I'm going to blame myself. And if I win, same thing. Yeah. But it's like that, 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 that ideology of just like, I have to learn this lesson on my own. Right. And I think that this, I really will say that this podcast has done that for me. I know for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. That just like speaking my mind, being me, being the most authentic me in business and life and whatever, that, that this has given me that opportunity. And now, buddy, now I'm at a point, I don't give a flying fuck. Like, you now the fuck's flying. Now the fuck's are flying. Like, Dude, I see some of the comments on YouTube, like on our on our channel. Some people blasting us on TikTok. This that people hitting me well, up TikTok, personally. We catch it, but like, I love it though. Yeah, yeah, like I love it. It fires me up. So I don't know. That that's kind of my. I point. think even 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 going back to it, like if you have, 
if you're starting your own business and, and maybe you're doing something that's super trendy and, and not traditional at all, um, I think taking something from what you said is just if you show that you're really confident in yourself um, and you're and you're going to hold yourself accountable no matter what, I think that those are two great steps that you should take when, when trying to kind of explain maybe to your parents if that's what you're worried about or, or thinking about. Um, just be confident in, in the decisions you're making and show them that you will be accountable whether you whether you win or you lose. Um, yeah, and I think that's what they want to see, right? If you're if you're just like kind of scared about it, or or maybe you seem um, timid about the decisions you're making, that's when parents I feel like come in and they're like, no, like this guy needs help right now, or this this girl needs some help right now. I could see it in true. their eyes, right? But if you're there and you're like, nah, this is what I'm doing. I already have the plan. I'm gonna make this much. If I don't, I already got this ready for me. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, well, what am I going to say to this guy right now? Well, it's it's like a conf. It's like the con- like it's like going into a pitch for a client. Yeah, if you go in confident, you know what I mean. You're already halfway there. If you're going into telling your parents, like, or or your family, or whoever, your your boyfriend, girlfriend, someone who relies on you to some extent, and you're like, yo, I'm taking this leap of faith. I'm doing this, but I like I know this is what it is, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm guaranteeing that I'm gonna put five years of my life, hard work into this to grow it. What can someone really say to you, right? So I think that was the approach we, we've always taken since day one. We got a question from my buddy, Gianfranco Accard. Accardi. Wow. Gianfranco Accardi. <laughs> when was the turning point in your business? I think there was many. We've had a lot. We've I think there's lot. many turning points in the business. I think one turning point of a lot of startup businesses is when... Um, because we all know when you start off your business and you're trying to get clients, the first people you're calling is your cousin, your buddy from high school, his <laughs> girlfriend, then 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 your grandfather, then then your coach from high school basketball, and you're trying to see if they need your service, right? Yeah. I think a turning point for every business is when you kind of get out of that and now you're starting to get clients that are not in that Rolodex and you're starting to get clients from outside of your circle. I think that's a huge turning point for businesses. I know that was a huge turning point for ours. Um that would be one for me. And then another one would be when the pandemic hit um, and we were forced to adapt our whole business 180 um, because we were all in pretty much, I would say 98% on events and nightlife. And that was taken away. So we had to kind of uh, restructure our whole business and our services. I think that was a turning point, obviously. And then this podcast. Huge. Um, uh, you know, those those are two definitely too big. And we, like I said, we've had a lot of turning points, but... This podcast has just been a massive turning point for us. Um, it gave us just so many fucking opportunities, um, personally, business-wise. And that's why we really started this thing. Uh, we really started this podcast with the intent of hopefully f- flow somehow, we didn't know how, but creating more content for ourselves, building a new channel for people to see us and hear us talk as professionals. <laughs> I don't know about now, but back then, professionals. And, 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 and that's what it did as it grew. We had more business owners coming on, speaking about their business, which gave us more insight on their business, how we could market a business like theirs. And that kind of grew and grew and grew and grew. And then, yeah, it just became a place where like, it it, it was a turning point because it gave us so much extra content to post, I think too, where people are like, oh shit, these guys are talking about marketing, talking about business. And when they heard us talk, you know, that that gave us an opportunity to speak to the masses, I'll say. A lot of people didn't watch our early episodes, but it gave us an opportunity to speak to more people and give our insight on the business and, and how social media was affecting businesses today. 
And so that opened a lot of doors for us. And then I think another turning point was, um, well, I mean, it's partially in the pandemic. I don't know. I think uh, our first like business trip away from Toronto, I think we, we did Tulum, right? Yeah. We did Mexico. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. Like that we was were able to turning point. Yeah. That was a big turning point yeah. for our business. Ernesto and myself, we went 2020, early 2020. We went, we said, fuck this place. We dipped, we went to Mexico, brought our laptops, brought everything. And we, you know, we spent, I think, two weeks there. Was it two weeks? No, it was just Ten, more. No, yeah. no, no. First one was two weeks, okay. I think. First time was two, two weeks. weeks. And we spent more time in our condo, dark, dark condo than outside. But it gave us an opportunity to remove ourselves from the busy city where we had a lot of distractions, friends, family, this birthday, that birthday, this, come drink here, do this, da-da-da-da. Come smoke, smoke a drink with me here, da 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 To, like, complete silence from that. And me and him just in this little fucking condo, just like hustling, like literally 16, 18 hour days, waking up straight to our computers, fitting in a run between maybe some fucking food, da da da, work again, work again, work, work, work. And that was the first time we had like two weeks of like that many hours of work put in. And it was obviously for us, maybe other people would be harder, but it was easy for us to do it outside of Toronto. So that really like... I feel like in two weeks our business progressed like five six months. Yeah, that that was insane. So that was a, that was a big those those are some turning points on my end. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, sometimes you need to pull yourself away from from what you're doing yeah. at the time. Yeah, and kind of just lock in. I think that's what we did in Tulum. We just fucking fucking locked right in, locked right in, and and got focused. And then we came back to Toronto in a whole different. Mindset, mindset yeah. right? We're like, oh, you like we can do this, like we, yeah. can, like you know, it was. We'll do that. We'll do this. We'll do that. Right. Yeah. So I think that's part of just being an entrepreneur. You're always, um, you're always surprising yourself with what what more you can do as a person. Yeah. You know, and like we went there and we're like, anyone else, literally anyone else would have went to Tulum and just fucking went nuts. You know, yeah. like, and we went there, and man, we went there. I was I was twenty seven. I was twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, no, you know what I mean? Who's going time, there like, let's go. and locking themselves in yeah. and just working, you yeah. know? Like, and, and I think that that just, it, it attests to how much we care about the business, right? Yeah. And how, how hard we're Like the way we look at it is like, okay, if we're going to go to Mexico, yeah. we better work three times as hard yeah. if we're going to go there. Yep. Like, you know, and, and that's how we always been. Like, that's I think, just, and I think it was like, yeah, like uh, there's a big thing about just like for us, we're big manifestors as everyone knows. We've done a lot of manifesting online, you know, posting cars and houses and shit that we, you know, dream to have one day. And I think that is a big piece of also a lot of what we've already spoken about. It was like, we go out there, we put these big, our, our ambitions and they're big ambitions and big dreams and big goals. We put them out there to the world and like we do that with full confidence that we will one day have these things. Yeah. But it's almost like, it's almost like a test, right? Because we're like, we're going to, we're going to tell the world that one day we'll live on bridal path or we'll have this Rolls Royce we want, or we'll have that yacht or be here or do this or do that. And it's almost like a, like a, like it's a test for ourselves, like to go out and say, yo, we're going to do this. And then it's like, if we're going to go out, bro, if I'm going to go out and post that one day, I'm going to live in the, on the bridal path and pay $50 million for a house. Like, bro, I can't be in Mexico partying. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, the, those two things don't align. There you it's go. like my guy, Daniel G saying like, 
your energy has to align with your goals, mm -hmm. who you say you are, and then who you actually are on a day-to-day -day basis. So if I'm out here posting bridal path, Rolls Royces, this, that, $50 million homes, yachts, whatever, I'm posting that shit. I'm trying to tell people this is who I am, but then my actual energy and my fucking vibrations are down here and they're vibrating on 20 shots of tequila in the fucking club with my, with my homies and trying to flex. Like they don't align. I'll never get there. But if I put myself in a place where people are doing that, but instead I'm fucking 16 hours grinding, prep, prep for new business, deal with old clients, push the business forward, hiring, da 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 da. Now my fucking energy is aligned and I'll slowly move along that path to get to that end goal, right? It's the same thing as like, it's an, there's an old saying, like if, you, if you're going to think of a red car, you're going to go out there and all you're going to see are red cars outside. Yeah, you yeah. know what happens all the time? Like how many times that like, you're looking to buy a new car. You buy a new car. Now you see and now everywhere. all of a sudden that car is everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a perspective thing. True. So if you put yourself in, the, in, the, in, a, in a mindset where it's like, okay, this is my goals. This is where I have to be. Your perspective will change too. Yeah. And you'll start to see things actually differently. Yeah. Right? 100%. Because if you put yourself in a situation where it's like, I got to live on bridal path. Now, every time you have a conversation with someone, you're bringing that kind of energy where it's like, you're keeping that in mind. Like, no, I'm a person that I'm going to live there. So yeah. this is how I'm going to act right now. Or this is what I want to, yeah. this is how, it's or, or you're meeting someone who's, let's say, super wealthy and now your conversation with them is different because you're trying to put yourself on that, yeah, on that pedestal. So you're, you're, you're asking that level. You're speaking from that level, but you're asking different kind of questions. You're yes. learning different things. Yeah, as if let's say you don't have any goals or aspirations or anything. You sit down with someone, or you meet someone, or you come across. You're at an event with all these. You're not going to see that kind of perspective. Yeah, because you're not you're not putting yourself in that. You're not putting yourself in that. Uh, in that aura of just like, you know, soaking that stuff in because you don't even care to have it. It's not your goal. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? No, no, no. I, I, I agree with you. I think, I like, I, I think like more and more recently, I've tried to tell myself like, this is who I want to be. And so I try to move my conversations. I'm moving like that. So if I'm the guy who lives on bridal path, has a multi, you know, has a billion dollar company and, you know, has all these things that I want, I have to act like that today. Yeah. Like I have to act like I'm already that guy. There you go. Right. And so that I have to carry that with me the way that I fucking walk, the way that I talk, the way that I converse, the way that I move every in, in every way. Yeah. Right. I'm not, I can't sit here and post these things all, oh, bro, I'm going to live on the bridal path. Like I'm saying, no, you, you got to right? actually live but it. Then you I'm, know? Yeah. Exactly. But then I'm fucking, I'm doing, I'm doing shit that nobody that lives on the bridal path whatever do yeah like i'm using that as, as an example but you know what i mean it's, like, it's it's all um it's all mindset you know and like you can take a, a small example like uh you know when 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 you're a student and you go to school you know yeah. and like i used to do this all the time sometimes i'd wake up and i'd be like you know what fuck like fuck this i fucking hate school <laughs> yeah like i actually hate it this is the worst thing ever i'm not learning anything why do i have to keep going it's so expensive mm. blah 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 and then i would go to class that day and not taking a thing 100%. But then there were some days where it's like, you know what? Like, okay, I've, I'm grateful. I have this opportunity. I get to go learn, maybe meet someone new, maybe retain some piece of information that's good, <laughs> get my degree, get a good get a good grade, make my parents happy. Blah, blah. And then it's a different mind. Then you're going into that class. You're sitting at the front. You have your notebook out. Yeah. And now you're taking something in. Yeah. So it's it's a perspective thing, right? And that, that yeah. goes with you all the way through life, right? Um, it's every so yeah, day. I don't even know what it's, the question was now. Yeah, it, it's... 
I mean, yeah, I don't know how the fuck we got here. Yeah, it was the turning point of business, but wow. Yeah, wow. Um, it's every day. Yeah. I'll, I'll end it off with decide who you want to be or at least the direction you want to go and think about a person that is at that point and move how you think they would move every day. Even though you're not there yet, move like that. Move like that. Move, <laughs> move like that. My guy, fuck banks. At fuck banks, <laughs> but the but the but the U is with the V, you oh, know. It's so it's like fuck banks. What up, my guy? That's the guy who who fucking goes on top of skyscrapers and takes pictures. Oh, and shit. he's doing that scary. crazy. I shit. could never do that, bro. Crazy shit. He said he's gonna do one with an M- with the MBH socks oh, or some shit. I was like, bro, okay, please. Okay, okay. What's your end goal around what you're doing with the podcast and interview? Oh, um, man. I mean. Ah, fuck. <sighs> this, this It's changing a lot. It changes a lot, you know, because when we started, I think, like you said, we were looking at just building more content for our personal brand, getting more attention to us, building some legitimacy by talking about marketing while we're selling marketing. Yeah. Like, those were the initial no, goals. No, that was the... Oh, well, bro, that was, that, was it. We, that was it. We were like, if you read the first bio of the of the podcast, it was like, serial entrepreneurs, Ernesto and Anthony, fucking yeah. talk marketing business, like... Honestly, bro, like I think that um, our podcast has the potential to be one of the biggest um, in North America. I'd say global. Yeah, yeah. I'm, global. I'm gonna. I'm just trying to, you know, yeah. build the foundation. Okay, build the foundation. Build the foundation. And um, our plan in in terms of like where we want to take it and what what our plan is now is, I think that's something we want to be one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Um, and we want to be one of the podcasts. I think I still feel this way that want to provide value at all times. You know what I mean? And, and I think that there's a lot of huge podcasts nowadays with a lot of great famous hosts. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like they, they get caught up in just talking about their lives and like, you know, like, like how famous, how they, famous are. they are and Ooh. all the famous things they do, which is great. <laughs> I'm so sure people famous. love that, right? Like, but no, at the that, same yeah, time, people like it. Um, I wouldn't say that's like, that's crazy value, but. No, it's not value at all. There's no value there. Unless you really <laughs> like, let's say the host and you want to learn more about the host yeah, yeah, and yeah. what they do day to day, that's fine and, and okay. That makes sense. But I think taking a, an approach where it's like a Joe Rogan esque um, conversation, where lots of value. There's so much value in I Joe think, Rogan's conversation. I think conversation. a big thing about our podcast, and you would agree, I'm sure you'd agree, is we like to talk to people about their journey. So if we can bring on, you know, going forward, more and more people who are at the elite level of their industry or whatever they do on a day to day basis, their job, their business, whatever, and just learn about their come up. And, and and let our viewers who maybe are in that industry, are interested in it, or just are interested in these come-up stories and, and whatnot, let them dive into that. I don't know if there's a podcast, I haven't personally seen one, who really gets into like people's What's st- that guy's name? Come up? What's that guy's name? Jay Shetty? No. No? The other guy, he has like serious, he looks like he's like kind of Persian, he's a bigger, he's like a taller guy. Oh, bald head? No. Oh, is he the jacked? He's kind of jacked. jacked. Um, He sat down with everyone. I think he kind of talks about journeys and stuff like that too. Um, But again, like there's obviously some people out there, but I think for our demographic and our, um, the generation of, of, uh, of people that listen to us. Yeah. I think for us being younger, I don't think there's much out there. You know what I I mean? I think there's that. I think there's that. Um, And I think another thing about our podcast and, and the value we try to bring to people is just be you. Yeah. You know, like you can be you and that's cool. 
Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And that's why we try and bring different people on because they're all cool in their own way, right? They're all but people that are doing whatever the fuck 100%. they want. And, and, and we're trying to showcase just that they're fucking cool and they're just themselves. And then I think even for our host episodes, we try and do that too. We try and give you guys like the rawest versions of ourselves. Yeah. And hopefully you guys think it's cool. And if you don't, whatever. But like that's, but I think that's a big thing. And then I think one thing I will mention, obviously, because our, our podcast has grown and gone through, our seasons have all been a little bit different than each other to some extent i think we'll never we will never shy away from using this platform to talk about relevant things in today's date um obviously we did this we did that a lot with government overreach and things like that in canada over the last uh, season or so um and i think that we'll always use this platform for that um to speak on things that we think need to be spoken on and don't get enough attention or aren't getting the right attention from the mainstream. Um, but what's your end goal? What's the end goal? For me personally, I'll, oh, sorry. what's your end goal? I'm going to tell you what mine <laughs> no, is. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> wow, I'm such a fucking bad interviewer. Um, for me, end goal, um, I don't think I don't think we should ever stop running this podcast. Like I'm oh. down I'm down to be fucking 50 and still doing this. Same. Like um, and because we'll grow as people, we'll we'll have different things in our lives that happen and more value that we can bring as we go through life and experience things. And um, and hopefully just get to bring on some of the most interesting people in the world. That, that's that, that would be my end goal. Like my end goal is sitting down with like you know like fucking Elon Musk, like shit like that. Yeah. Like some fucked up crazy. I want fucked up crazy guests. You know, like obviously we have a, a ways to go, but bringing people with like a lot of influence, obviously, mm. and see how they how they grew their their. Um, their legacy, I guess, at that point, yeah. for someone like that. Um, and then bringing on people, like, I think a goal of ours was always to bring on people that might not even be famous as fuck, but they have a crazy cool story that maybe a lot of people haven't heard. You know, there's so many successful people out there that none of us have heard of. Yeah. None of yeah, us. 100%. Like, none of us. All of you guys and then us as well. Like, yeah. So... And I think we've learned that through bringing on people we haven't known and being like, damn, did you hear that story? Yeah. Like, no, this guy dude, so I think bringing on people that may not have a, a lot of light being shed on them, but they do have a crazy, crazy interesting or educational story or they've just done something amazing that, that needs to be told. So I think that's something that we should keep doing. And I think as we get bigger, a bigger platform, yeah. we'll be able to do that a lot more, right? Yeah. And I think, and I think to, to add to that, is I would say like traveling, like being able to go, sh you know, shoot the oh, MBH yeah. podcast in India, mm. Dubai, uh, you know, Asia, mm. fucking Europe. Like, yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be cool. And yeah. just giving you guys more of a, uh, let's say, even cultural experience. Thank you, fuck banks, <laughs> for the question. Appreciate great question. By yeah, way. great question. We got my guy, Vittorio Pirone, owner Pirone. of Posticino Ristorante. Vipirone. Everyone go check out Posticino Ristorante. It's in Etobicoke, Ontario, Canada. Boom. Great Italian food. VP. He asks, how does the... How's it... Come on, bro. I feel like Joe Biden right now. No. <laughs> how does the approach to growing your business change during a recession? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that... I'm gonna say that you're probably gonna have to cut your costs. Um, you're gonna have to, you're gonna be spending less money in a, in a recession. Um, 
and you're going to have to figure out ways to still keep attention on your brand, on your business, right? So obviously use social media to stay relevant because that's what everyone cares about, especially as a restaurant, hospitality. People care if you're relevant. That's the only reason they're going to come to you in the first place. Unless they're like a diehard fan, they're at your place every Saturday, fucking seven o'clock. But 90% of people, they're going places to eat or drink because it's relevant. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens in, this, in, in, in the society, I guess, in terms of a recession, I would just make sure that my brand is still relevant throughout that recession, right? So whether that's getting creative with, um, with content, with bloggers, with collaborations, with charities, um, with giving back, um, it's always good to give back, especially in a time like that. It shows a lot about your brand and your team and what you guys stand for. So I think staying relevant and giving back, I think that's super important. Obviously, when it comes to the nitty gritty, you're going to have to cut costs. <laughs> yeah. Don't cut your marketing costs, though, I'll tell you right now, because ju- you're going to have to double down on that. I'm not just saying that. You took because, the words out of my mouth. Because yeah. we just had a pandemic and and uh, we seen we seen venues in the in the hospitality industry that closed down. And then we've seen ones that stuck it out and made sure that they stayed relevant. And right now, the ones winning are the ones who stuck around and stayed relevant and doubled down on their brand. Um, so I think that's what you need to do. Obviously, in terms of the financials, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about more of your marketing as, as a whole. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth like on that last point. Like, do, like, just do not cut your marketing budget. I'm not saying go spend millions of dollars, but your... Um, you know, your market, like, yeah, you know, especially for, for VP as a restaurant, um, it's all about who's relevant. Yep. Sometimes the food doesn't even matter if the fucking food's good or the drinks are good. It's just, is it the cool relevant spot to go? Does social media tell me this place is cool and relevant? Yeah. I will go there no matter what. And I think restaurants and shit is something that people, even, even when they have no money, will still spend money on. Of course. So you're, you're kind of okay in that, in that sense. And like, but yeah, push the marketing, keep the brand alive. Let people know it's relevant. Stay relevant. Do your best to do that. And there's only one place nowadays to do that, and that's social media. So yeah, I mean, like you, you have to. Sorry, just going back to it. Like you have to adapt, yeah. right? So like we've seen it during the pandemic. What happened? A lot of restaurants, they um, created a new menu so that was easier for Uber Eats. They started yeah. creating, let's say, take home kits so that people can order it and take it home and eat it there. I mean, you're gonna have to get creative. But at the end of the day, the the, I think the biggest part of it is staying relevant. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you any more business questions? Because mine are all kind of You know, fucked. I got some. I got People want to fucking ask me crazy shit. I got dude. one from Bailey Joy. What up, Bailey? Hi, Bailey. What up, Bailey? You guys can check out Bailey at Sweat and Tonic. Killing it. She's a trainer there. Shout out, Bailey. <laughs> Bailey. Sweely. Bailey. Sweely, Bailey. So she asks, in terms of marketing, social media marketing, she wants to know, Frequency versus quality. So I guess that's that's the same as kind of you know quantity over quality, uh, quantity versus quality. Um, you know, like when I was first growing my page, mm. quantity. Yeah, that's. I think when you're initially growing your page, and like I should still be growing my page. You know, yeah, <laughs> so relax, whatever. bro. Bro, I'm done, bro. Yeah, I'm fucking, uh, but but when I first started growing my page, I would I would focus on quantity, quantity on the stories. And quantity on my feed. Now, with the feed stuff, though, you have to kind of give people different looks. Mm. You know? 
That's why this guy has 500 outfits. Different looks. You have to give people different looks into your life, right? Yeah, so yeah. now don't post uh, like every day the same fucking thing. Yeah. Show people a different side of you, but post that all the time. Mm-hmm. So if there's five different sides of you, you know what to do. Yeah, just just kind of work, kind of the, cycle work them through in. them. Yeah. Cycle through them so that in a couple of weeks, people kind of know every side of you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say when you're really starting, you're going to have to push a lot of quantity because you can make one quality piece if you want a month, but nobody's going to see it. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to have to build your page and build your community by by a lot of quantity in terms of content. But I'm always going to go back to it. The main thing for me is community management. Yeah. It's just, it's just being on your page day to day, interacting with people, following people, DMing people, answering your comments, replying to their stories. That is, that is what the most important part is for me. With the content, that's just going to kind of... Um, Give it a little boost. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think what you were gonna say, you didn't end up saying it, but what you were gonna say was, as you start to build the community and people get used to you posting consistently, so you start with like quantity over quality for sure. But even then, like our iPhones, they're great quality. You could shoot great quality with your phone. Everyone, has yeah, I'm one. not saying put shitty quality. I'm just saying you yeah. don't need a huge production. Yes, but as time goes on and people get used to seeing you and your brand starts growing, you can start to move the move the needle a bit and step away from posting every day, you know, to every other day, every three days, whatever, but starting to also work in some more quality content. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So there's kind of a sweet, a sweet spot and that sweet spot's different for everybody depending on how far you want to grow, how big you want to get. But I'd say that I agree. And then, I, yeah, I would just say, again, I would agree, I would agree with you in that the community management aspect of it, just like, Man, you know, you know how good it feels that when you post a story and someone responds something positive towards your story. Like, if you know how good it feels to get a like, or to get a, a good, like a cool, like a good DM, a cool DM, or anything like that, a good story response. Like, why wouldn't you just continue doing that for other people to help build your community? It will help 100. percent So, yeah, I agree with you. I'm on that point. At the beginning, quantity over quality. That can eventually start to move a little bit, but then community management always, every day. My guy, Pat Lee C. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Everybody go check out my guy, Pat Lee C. He has probably the best stories in the game. His IG story game, better it than is, anyone's is, ever seen. Is the, the top of the top. Please just top go follow top. him and, and, and just go watch his stories because you will top. thank me. You will thank me. And Pat Lee C., thank you. For posting those stories all the time. It's amazing. It makes my day. Don't blow his head up, eh? Okay. Can someone successfully fake it till they make it? Is that a real thing? That's a question. Um, I think that you wow. can... I mean, I've, I've definitely used the method myself. Same. Many times. Yep. And there's still times where I still use it. Um, fake it till you make it. Can you successfully do it? Uh, yeah, you can. Um, there's going to be a time where you have to make it, you know, like you're actually going to have to make it um, in some sort of sense, make it whatever, whatever way you've been faking yeah. it. <laughs> you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it has to be some sort of, it has to be realistic. Okay. It has to be realistic. And this is where you have to understand human psychology and how, what people will think if you say something to them or show them something. Okay. So if you're trying to fake it till you make it, that's fine. But if you just started off as a photographer, okay, and you want to fake it, don't buy a Lamborghini. 
Yeah. Like that's too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're gonna there's there's ways to do it where it's like okay you know what through social media you can showcase a lot of your work. Yeah. You can showcase even more work than than it looks than you actually have. Yeah. You understand? Going back to it when I said at the beginning, um, neighborhood really focused on its own marketing. We did that. And we posted all our work at all times. We only did work and then posted it. Literally, we did work just to post it. Yeah. And when we did that, that's technically showing everyone that we're bigger than we were. Yeah. Right? Because at the same time, we were just three people just... And going at it, yeah. And people looked at us like, wow, these guys must be massive. That's the same kind of sense, right? So you're going to have to make it. You're going to have to make it one day. Um, that's, that's my, I don't think, I don't I think, think it's, I, think I don't it's think you can harder. go all the way. I don't think you can go all the way, man. I think it's harder now though. It is harder a now because it's so easy to fake it and people are ready for the fake stuff. Well, cause the fake it or make it method on social media was very easy back in the day. You'd get guys literally, let's say, you know, they're, they're claiming to be some great entrepreneur, let's say. Yeah. And then they would rent a Lambo, take a pic with it. And now they had a Lambo. And like people are like, damn, that's crazy. No, no, no. But then people caught on. It's like, bro, how come every crypto entrepreneur I know has the same purple Lambo? Yeah. And then you start, okay, it's like these guys are fucking faking it. Yeah. So it's it's gotten harder now because people have realized that some people, a lot of people on social media are faking their lifestyle. Yeah. I think I'd say a majority of people are. But yeah, it's gonna get to a point where you can use that fake it method a little bit to just to get the ball rolling you have to look. use it as leverage to get yeah. you where you're actually trying to make yeah, it but, you know? but, but at, like you said at some point you're going to actually have to do the work or someone's going to catch you in person and your energy has to match the energy you've been showing online has to so it's like you can't you can't claim to be this you know crazy crypto guy or crypto girl or whatever and then someone you know a fan catches you or someone who follows you catches you you know out and about and they're like hey ask you a question about like oh this specific coin or this crypto coin or whatever and you're like uh they're gonna be like but bro you were just like snapping on your story about it like two days ago like, what are you talking about yeah you know what i mean so it's like you can fake it to a certain extent but at the same time it's harder nowadays than it was before on I social mean, like, media let's say you're a real estate agent Okay. 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 And you're just starting off. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I want to go into the luxury market. Mm. Now, you see this all the time. You see agents showcasing this penthouse that it's not their listing. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah, I know. I understand. So there's a lot of agents that do that. That's fine. Do it. I would probably do the same thing if I was trying to get into luxury. Yeah. Okay. Give us a tour of the first house that's not your listing. Beautiful. Give us the second one. Beautiful. Three weeks later, give us another one. Fine. But two years later, that listing better be yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something you gotta be doing the work in the back end. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's 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 all fun and games. But at the end of the day, if if let's say your audience actually comes to you now for a service, mm. and you can't provide it, yeah, you didn't do it. You gotta start providing. You gotta start providing. You understand? You've been faking it and not making it. You can fake it a certain amount, but like I said, there's that there's a sweet spot where you gotta stop yeah. and show people you made it now. Or show people you're doing something more than and that. And that spot is sweet. It's super sweet. You. It's different in every industry. It's yeah. different per person. Yeah. It's it's very different. But let's say, I mean, it's all it's all about how relevant you are at the time, right? If you're posting every day and you and it's let's say it's not going back to it's not your listing, you're posting every day, you're gonna have a lot of attention. So you better be ready for that. Yeah. If someone comes to you and says, Hey, listen, I just saw you post ten listings that are all penthouses. I have a penthouse, you can you sell it? Yeah. Now it's game time. Yeah. Now you better know how to sell it. Now though. you better know how to sell it. Yeah. yeah because yeah. that guy's been watching all your reels, thinking thinking fucking, you could sell all kinds. Dude, you know how many times I see I see fucking broads 
real estate broads who are just like showcasing like a like a ten million dollar penthouse. Listen, listen, I would no, 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 I would no, no, personally no, do no, that no. if I was a real estate agent, no, no. especially if I was a real estate broad. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know how many times I see that, and then I, I wonder, and I only wonder for like two seconds, but I wonder for those two seconds, like if if I asked her to sell my luxury penthouse, like could she? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. That's the moment you know. That's the moment you know. Yeah. If the, exactly. if the fake it worked up until the make it. It's like Palisi, for example. Okay. It's like Palisi. How many times are you going to post the Cassius fucking sign until you actually open it? So, okay. So, <laughs> okay, we, bro. So now no, you're, no, you're, you no, up, you're in the sweet spot right yeah, now, dude. Okay, close, because a couple Bello. more Cassius posts and I don't see it, there's going to be fucking all kinds. <laughs> if I don't see the door open, the chef cooking, and the food on my plate, <laughs> You then you've been faking it, bro. Some, I, I'm gonna say just shit. for you've some context. It, the guy who asked the question, Pat Lisi, he's opening up a venue on King Street in Toronto in the in the in the fucking the, hospitality the, district. Yeah, the best spot. But the problem is he's been opening it for seven years. <laughs> That's the only issue I'm having. I'm cool with everything else. <laughs> No, Pat, Pat, we love you, bro. Yeah, and when Cassius you, opens up, I'm going to fucking open up. Yo, <laughs> trust me. I'm going to open trust that place me, up, bro. Trust um, me. Thank you, Pat Lisi. Like love I said, you. go check love him out. Best bro. stories in the game. Um, yeah, one more. It's got to be juicy. Yeah, this bro. is crazy, man. This is a lot. It's got to be juicy, dude. Think, think I have, very I have hard a... about it. Because mine are fuck. Eh, bro, anyone who Maybe we could me, do two more. Okay. We'll do one. We'll do two quick, okay? So, um, my guy, Dev. Dev Lathian. Guy's got thighs of steel. No? Dev the, guy, the guy's got calves of steel, dude. That guy is on his fucking stationary bike at this moment. Right now. Making tracks while he's making his shake that and he's gonna drink while he's on the while he's on the bike. While he's laying tile all at one time. Okay, go. This on. guy does it all. What does he want to know? What was the catalyst that set off your social media growth? It wasn't, there wasn't one thing. There, I can't, it just wasn't one thing for me, at least. The, like the catalyst was what we just spoke about. Posting content consistently. That's it. That's all, Dev. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm I didn't sorry, mean to, like, Dev. But we answered like, this a lot. One. We answered this a lot. No, but we? the catalyst, like, yeah, I don't know. There wasn't like, we didn't have a moment where like we created one piece no, of content it was, that it was, went it was viral. Long, it was one long moment. It's still, still it, we're still happening. in it. Yeah, yeah we're, still we're still in the in moment. It. So, We'll let you know when the moment's done. Yeah. How it was. Perfect. Thanks, bro. Love you. Appreciate you. Um, our guy, Brandon Anthony, official. Boom. Been loving the content, bud. Yeah. Keep posting. Fire Keep getting up. out there. Best method to signing clients when starting as an agency versus a freelancer. Listen, bro, you're going to have to prove yourself. Yeah. You have to do some work. I mean, you have to do some work to show for, right? So that might even look pro bono at the beginning. Like I like, listen, if I start an agency by myself, I'll be honest. Shout out my guy Bono, by the way. Shout out my guy Pro Bono <laughs> He's right a now. Pro. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, I think I think doing some work, especially like if you're very new to the industry, if you've done any work in the past, use that on your resume. But definitely try working with some some businesses and brands um, on a trial basis, right? Test test it out. Do do a graphic for them. Uh, create their website. Give them a strategy. But do something that you can use on your resume as well, right? So like you can literally build up your resume with a hundred clients that you never charged, and then go get your first one, like realistically. Yeah, and, and you're gonna have to start with some with smaller brands, right? Think, so, uh, yeah, you, you got to do shit for free. You got to do shit for for hoping that they sign you later, or you got to do shit and lose money. But it's free, all about your portfolio. I'll even like try and connect that from an agency to let's say a clothing brand, okay? Like. 
people aren't just going to copy your shit at the beginning just because when you started. It's just that's the hardest thing. But if you have a clothing brand and you're trying to, bro, start giving shit to people for free. People who are, you know, influencers or have some type of influence, create cool content, give them shit, right? So they can start fucking posting it. And now to other people, it looks like, oh shit, these people copped it. And they didn't even copy it. You gave it to them for free, but it's yeah. that whole thing, right? So influence, like you work, should learn how to use influencers in any business if you can. But I would just say from a, from a, a overlook of any business, work for free at the beginning, work for very cheap just to build a portfolio. It's all about building your portfolio. I know that there's this like weird thing in the creative world where they're like, oh, working or doing shit for cheap to, you know, for exposure is like not a good thing. Like, like that's so stupid. Pay me my rate. Like, like, like for four years, I worked for free and did things for exposure. Yeah. Do you understand? Like, that's, you know, and the same people that are saying don't do that are the same people that have no jobs. <laughs> but there's the same people that would message me and ask me like, oh, like how should I do this? How should I know. I know you're, you're going to have to do things for free. You got to prove yourself because at the end of the day, you're like, if you're just starting off, I'm sorry to say this, but you're nobody. hundred percent. Like that's just a fact, right? So if you're nobody, how are you going to, how are you going to convince people to work with you? You got to show them that you're fucking busy, that you work with a lot of people that you're willing to go above and beyond as well. Dude. So if someone signs a contract with you for a website, buddy, you better fucking, you better do something else. You better do that website and you better do something else. Well, look, because right now that person has someone for a website that they've been using for 10 years that they don't even need to change. Let me let me use you know what I mean? Let me use a fucking a little analogy to even go on top of what I'm saying. This whole like don't do work for exposure, don't do work for cheaper, just because they're also telling you you're gonna get great exposure. That is all bullshit, okay? Use a fucking use a professional athlete who's finally just made it to the NBA. He played his whole fucking career, 20 years for exposure, spent money, had to, his, his family had to spend money for shoes, spend money to sign up to teams and be in leagues, spend money to travel and hotels and go to these tournaments and this and that. He lost money. He spent money to build his portfolio, to build his exposure, but he trusted in himself. He worked hard and he knew he'd get to the league one day. So it's the same thing with fucking, let's say, creatives. Or people in an industry world or that type of thing. Oh, don't do shit for exposure. That's fucking bullshit. How do you expect Nike and Apple and these massive brands, or even if that's not, maybe if you're looking for something lower, like how do you expect big, big, real existing companies to want to pay you good money when you have nothing to show? I feel like creatives just say that though. Like just, they just say like, I'll go on, let's say I'm a creator and I'll go on my story. Oh, all this work for exposure. Like I'm not doing that. Creator shouldn't do this. But, 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 so. I I might be only saying that so you don't take the gig for just exposure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, because then like I'm not gonna. No, I've seen that. I've seen them say like, oh, because then also when you when you take this gig for exposure or you do it for half price, then I lose this. Then like now you've lowered. Yeah, devalues my work. That's fucking bullshit. If your work's good, people are gonna pay for it. Shut the fuck up. I hate creators. (laughs) I'm sorry, especially in our business, we were so many of them, and so many times like. We've given people great opportunities, and it was like, oh, sorry, I'm not working. All right, bro, fuck off. Like, if 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 first of all, if you don't want to work for exposure because you're so tied to, let's say, the money aspect of it, probably you're probably doing something that you shouldn't do. Hundred percent. Well, you you don't love it. You don't I would love say it. you don't really actually love it. You don't have a passion for it because if you had a passion for it, you'd want to create something that that person was in awe about. And then comes back to you and says, damn, next time I got to pay you or, oh, let's do this. And I'm going to pay you for this. 100%. Or you're just not stupid. You know, you, you, you did the work for half the price because you knew it'd be 
decent, at least even if it was decent exposure, but you went above and beyond, created this crazy piece of art, video, photo, you know, photo shoot, whatever. That like, bro, it gave you the opportunity to create a fucking portfolio piece that you're gonna market now, and you put so much love and passion into that you you know, already know it's gonna bring you another client or another five or ten down the road. You don't actually love it. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, you don't no, no. I, I, love I've it. been starting to think that it's like because because even when when me or you had to do something, and it's like, yo, we're we're not getting paid for this right now. We're just gonna like, yeah. We just did it because we, first of all, for us, it's different. We know it's just part of the process. Yeah. We knew it was part of the process because we already been through a process, let's say, with nightlife where we had to prove ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. It's the same, same thing. thing. You, you, you go to, let's say you go work at a club and the first night they're like, bro, you're getting 50 bucks. Mm. That's all cool. Yeah, I did it. But watch after the night when I bring 100 people. Yeah. And it's going to be a different conversation. Hunt. But you're not going there as a new promoter saying, bro, I need $10,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah, is what's yeah, going to yeah. go down or else I'm not doing a thing. Yeah. And you're also like, especially at the beginning, and this is for any business that works with other businesses. If you're at the beginning, you're probably working with smaller businesses who just don't have the budget. 100%. So also don't be a piece of shit and try and fucking charge the money you know they can't afford for a video. Like, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, like just, just th- think about what people think about you understand like that's all common sense if if, if you're if you're in your own mind and you're like going to see a client and you're going to try and charge them put yourself in their shoes think about what they might think when you try to overcharge being a new being a new person in the industry yeah you know what i mean put yourself in their shoes and say okay if i was them would i actually pay me right now this much and be honest yeah because if it's no yeah. Then it should be no. Yeah, exactly. Then you should lower the price. But don't lie to yourself because yeah. then it's gonna it's gonna come off, and we're gonna we're gonna understand your lying. You There's understand? gonna be a lot of things we gotta we're talk gonna about. know, right? But anyways, ah, guys, wow. sorry, we went on a little tangent there. Um, damn, I think we went we, we went off on this. Episode. No, we went off. This is a pretty long one. Yeah, guys, appreciate we, all the questions. Yeah, though, seriously, up. and, and we, you know we'll continue doing them. Um, guys, we made it this far. We love you. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Let's get to thirty thousand, please. Okay. Like the video, comment, let us know what you think of these episodes. Let us let us know what you think of our answers. Let us know what you think of everything in general. Love us, hate us. We love all the fucking content, all the comments. Um hit that notification hit button. That notification button. Yeah. The little bell. Bing bing. So that you know. We we always get our at the beginning of our episodes, we always get the little notif gang people being like, yo, I'm notif, notif gang. gang. Yo, we love you, notif gang. Okay. And uh guys, we're almost at the end of the season. So we got some big bangers coming up after this episode. Um, so stay tuned for that. We love you guys. Stay safe, stay hungry, and it's grind season, baby. On that note, we are out.